Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Line of the Honest Week preview, a bite-sized side piece to the Line of the Honest Week pod. We'll catch up on the biggest news stories we missed on the main show and take an in-depth look at this weekend's game, uh, which is of course AFC Wimbledon away. Jo- uh, joining me, Ed Skelly, on the inaugural episode are two regulars from the main show. First up, he's the new host of the main show, it's Tom Jenkins. How are you? I'm not bad, mate. It sounds uh, a little bit odd being in this position compared to normal. I now know what, how Will feels when he can, comes on as a guest. My head is distinctly smaller in size. Well, that's probably why he's not bothered showing up the last few weeks, isn't it? And <laughs> also joined point, yeah. us is our in, uh, in-house tech wizard, it's James Jarvis. How are you, James? <laughs> yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. I'm not sure about tech wizard, but I can at least do this job. <laughs> Well, you're doing a good fine, fine job so far. So, first on, we'll touch upon the news that you, we didn't uh, cover on the main show this week, which is, of course, the changes to the academy. And um, the main points being that uh, the academy's changed from a Category 2 to a Category 3. Uh, the under-23 squad will now be disbanded and there will be no under-23s games going forward from the end of next season. Um the player, uh, the man who was hired to work with the grassroots uh, across Bolton Earth and Cowie has left his position after a probationary period. Um, so I'm going to come to you first, Tom. What do you make of these changes and uh, how do you see it impact in the club in the future? Uh, I think it was the kind of thing that was probably necessary, mate. Um, the under-23s obviously had a very, very tough season. A lot of them having to step in at the start to the first team and I think that affected quite a lot of the negative from a confidence perspective or whether or not you know the physical demands of playing first-team football made it very difficult for them to then fall back into what is quite a different level um, in the under-23s. Um, so, you know, I think it stops a lot of stagnation possibly going forward where you'd have had people going to be third-year scholars and then not getting an awful lot of football. Uh, so I think that, you know, it, may, it makes the club have to make very, very tough decisions, obviously, with staff being let go. Uh, some players being let go, but I think it means we have to focus on the ones that we can really guarantee to be in our first team. And, um, you know, that means some, some fall by the wayside. That's football, unfortunately. But I think it's probably the most beneficial cost-cutting measure that we could have taken from uh, Earth and Carry perspective. To be honest, did we really know an awful lot about what the guy was doing? You know, I, I didn't really hear any stories. Uh, I'm not from the local area, so I didn't really know if there was any kind of grassroots stuff that he was doing. But... He clearly didn't meet his job remit if they didn't see uh, him as the kind of long-term option for the club. And I'm sure with Tobias Phoenix coming in, he'll bring in his own people and maybe that's for the best that he's working with people he feels comfortable with. Absolutely, yeah. It does seem Tobias Phoenix is going to be taking over most of that role anyway With uh, as head of football operation. It seems he's going to be more integrated into the academy. So we'll have to wait and see what that means for you know the stalwarts like Jimmy Phillips and David Lee as well. Uh, James, what do you make of all the changes? Uh, it's probably the most sensible change to make at the moment because we were all seeing our under-23s, although it, to be more accurate, our under-18s, 17s, getting battered every week so, so, so far this season. So it probably makes sense to reduce it to a Category 3, especially because um, now it's just purely under-18s and anyone above that, we don't really need to stockpile in our club anymore because if they're not ready for the if they're not in and around re- ready for the first team around that point, then what's really the point in holding on to them, especially when we don't have the finances to cover that? So financially and all that sort of stuff, it does make sense. And we can always go back to a Category 2 if we do start eventually piling back up the league and then we can afford to hold on to these under-23s, get them some loan experience or get them sold on further down the line. 
So, so to me, it makes sense. And I, I was worried at first when, upon first hearing it, what would happen to the likes of, you know, the the King Harms, the 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 Joe Whites, etc., who who didn't get, who haven't really been exposed to the first team picture after their initial, after their initial run out in the first few games. But thankfully, it sounds like some of them either will be kept for next season or either in the under-18s or they will be offered a contract this summer to join the first team. So we'll see what happens from there on. I think it's only really the likes of Jordan Boone and Eddie Brown who may be let go at the end of this summer. We'll have to see. But, well, yeah, I think it, I think it's a, I think it's a smart move all around. And it's... Well, I think it's still early days to predict what's going to happen with Jimmy Phillips and David Lee. They might still have their roles. Like David Lee might take over the under-18s and that might cause the likes of Nicky Spooner and Gavin McCann to maybe manage the under-16s or whatever. I honestly couldn't tell you. It's only speculation at this point. But overall, I think it, I think it was the right move to make. Yeah, I think I think from a financial standpoint, anyway, with us dropping to League 2 and obviously all the restrictions with the embargo, it makes most sense to try and... Uh, make a more clear path for the for the academy players who are ready and who are going to be first team uh, quality to make the leap and make the jump. So we'll have to wait and see what decisions are made with the staff and the players at the end of the season. Um, if you want a more in-depth look, um, Emma Bojard and uh, our new head of football operations, Tobias Phoenix, uh, did a Q&A with Mark Howes in the Bolton News, which is on their website. So go and have a look in lots more detail on, on the, everything that's going on there at the minute. So... We'll have to keep keep an eye on that and see what progresses there. So we'll move on to this weekend's action, which I'm sure you you're both looking forward to. You know, AFC Wimbledon away. Um, a team not in the best of form, to be honest with you. They got a fantastic win against Gillingham last weekend, uh, but it's their only win in the last six. Um, they're only eight points clear of the bottom three at the minute. You know, with Tranmere and NK Dons closing down. So I'll, I'll come to you first, James, on this. Um, how do you see the game progressing and do you think Bolton stand a chance of uh, getting anything away from Kingsbed or this Saturday? Uh, I mean, well, considering that we've only had, what is it, one, one, one away win and one away draw all season, I don't really fancy our chances, even if they are at the lower end of the table. But I suppose you never know. you got to go in with a bit of faith and... Uh, we did look better against Accrington Stanley, so if we can take that kind of... That, that that kind of performance, that kind of consistency, the kind of defense, strong mind defensively that we were in the second half into this game against Wimbledon. There's no there's no reason why we can't walk away with, with something in that game. That's what you got. Suppose you got to be hopeful in that regard. I can't really say I know know too much about Wimbledon myself, but sounding by that record, it sounds like the kind of thing though where. Where the team not informed usually have more to fight for to try and pick up a point against us, especially because they want to clear a bit more ground between them and Tranmere, so they're not dragged further into the relegation zone. So, so yeah, there'll be a team with someone to fight for, but there'll also be a team that if if we can carry on building on what on on some of the good signs that we saw against Accrington, we do have every chance of getting away with something and hopefully improving on this very poor away record that we've had so far this season. Tom, do you see uh, our away form changing on Saturday? It's a tough one. 
no, realistically, especially when you consider the injuries that we've picked up this week. I was very disappointed to see that um, both uh, Key and Brian and Zuma are also joining Jack Cobbs on the uh, the injured list. So we're going to have another patchwork centre-half um, partnership. And uh, knowing Hill, uh, he'll obviously played Brian in midfield against Accrington. You know, it's a very, very sensible thing to do to move low into midfield alongside Murphy, which is what any sane person will do. But of course, he'll keep low right back and put Hamilton in there because, you know, why the hell not? I, I just, you know, this is the thing. I've got absolutely no faith in the manager to be able to pick a side that, to go down there and win. I, I listen to the comments that he makes and um, yeah, they baffle me. I, I really don't understand where he talks about all well, the players are really low at the moment, but, you know, we've got to try and go down and maybe we'll get a win. We're going to bloody air. Why can't we have some kind of oomph or confidence given from the manager? You know, this is a team that we should be going to try and beat. It seems, as you say, not in very good form at all, like ourselves. Why would we not go down there when we've got really nothing to lose and try and give them a pace thing? But you know we've got to be wary of them. We've got to respect them. I don't. I, this this is something that I've never understood with um, with us at this level. I, 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 you know all this respect and whatever is the reason why we get walloped five one by Lincoln etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so no, in, in short, I, I don't really see it. Um, but then again, you know we are love and then we're negative, aren't we? So I'm bound to say something like that. Of course, yeah. You can't be too negative. Uh... You know, we're in such fantastic form this year, aren't you? You can't be, uh, can't be called a team out. So let's try and predict uh, what team Keefe's going to throw out. So, of course, it's going to be Remy Matthews in net. Um, do you guys want to try and have a stab at uh, what kind of defence we're going to be playing? I'd love Emmanuel to be playing at right back, and I'm sure James would probably agree with me. Yeah, well, I, I very much agree, I very much agree, especially with Brian out. We need some defensive steel in that midfield, so moving low out of there is a must for me. Yeah, we've definitely missed uh, Emmanuel's pace uh, out there. I think he definitely could have caused some damage against Accrington on the last Saturday anyway. So, um, obviously, Tom mentioned Key and Brian and Zuma have uh, unfortunately picked up injuries uh, after last week's game. So, what centre-half partnership do you think you'll see? Uh, well, NCL is probably going to be playing. So, it really depends whether you want to put in... The... You've really got three options. It's either... Well, too realistically, it's either Adam Senior or Ryan Delaney you play alongside him because I don't see Brockbank playing there. He's more likely to be a utility player you bring off the bench. So, yeah, one of them two. I'd lean towards Delaney because he has a bit more experience. But who know? But who knows? Um, it's sort of insider knowledge, isn't it? Really, with Delaney because obviously he was at Wimbledon in the first part of this season, so that could be something that works in our favour. Uh, absolutely, yeah. He played twelve times for them in half a season, but he's uh, he's not yet ready to play for us yet. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Another ludicrous yeah. Keith Hill comment, but you know it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. If he is available, he might want to. He might. This might be a good time to give him his first full debut. Obviously, wanting to put it in a good performance against your old club. So yeah, I'd probably start him. Uh, so who gets the number left back then? Are we seeing Joe Bunny or are we seeing uh, Brandon Fleming? Fleming. Yeah, I thought Fleming was okay in the Accrington game. Um, Joe Bunny, in the time that I saw in the Blackpool game, I know, I know that James was there. I was obviously watching from afar. Um, he looked, you know, six or one, half a dozen in the other. Sometimes good, sometimes not very good. Uh, I'd sooner go with Fleming, a bit of, you know, tenacity down that side. I, I think if if memory serves, uh, Wimbledon play with Pinnock out on the wide right or someone like that, and I think he's quite a useful player. Or is it Wagstaff, maybe, either way. So I'd, I'd sooner someone with a bit of... Uh, you know, more game time this season like Fleming to deal with that. Yeah, I think his, his pace could be a valuable asset on Saturday anyway. So we'll go into the midfield. You've already mentioned you want Jason Law. 
switched back out of defence back into midfield, so we'll, we'll skip past him. Who's partnering him this weekend? Uh, to be honest, you could interchange for me either between Luke Murphy or Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton probably provides a bit more and en- a bit more energy around that park, but I think Luke Murphy's better at finding the forward pass. So it just really depends what you want. Really, I'd probably lean toward more towards Hamilton because I think he's a bit better in the the defensive side, a bit better in the tackle than Murphy is. Myself, it's Murphy for me. No, I don't want Hamilton in the team. I don't think he deserves to be in the team. Simple as that. Fair enough. So uh, we'll we'll go for the the next midfield three, two out wide, and uh, the attacking midfielder. Do we see? Is it going to be an easy decision, Crawford, Politic, and Dodu, or do you see George making his uh, his debut? Uh, Might be a bit early for him, I think. Yeah, I think he'll be lucky to make the bench personally, but we'll see. But yeah, unchanged, um, unchanged midfield three there, and same same as Accrington Stanley. Probably start George Dodu on the right because he looked incredible there. Whether that was just a quality up against Callum Johnson, I don't know. But for me, he has to play on that left-hand side. Yeah, uh, the, the, yeah, the only issue is if you if you then move Dodi onto onto the right, you have to then think that he works quite well with the manual. So this is the thing. This, another reason why Emmanuel's got to play that link-up means that Dodi could work either side of the pitch, whether that be cutting in to try and shoot on his right foot or you know working well as we've seen him do with the manual down that right flank. But again, we'll probably see Jason Lowe at right back, so this is all kind of wishful thinking. But that that bank of three, I think, works quite well, even if Darcy is possibly available or Georgie is possibly available. I don't think he should change something that looked relatively comfortable last weekend. Yeah, uh, I, I, I can see Darcy coming on off the bench. I think it might be too soon for him. Yeah, I know Jack Dayden said he's in contention, but then Keith Hill's come out and said he's, he's not quite ready yet. So I won't want to rush uh, a youth player back, especially one who as talented as Darcy is. Um, so the, obviously the only choice up top is Daryl Murphy. Um, anyone for Chris O'Grady? I don't think he, <laughs> I don't think he'll even be fit. So I, I think that's a moot point to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I'd, so, I'd have Farl knocking around, see what he can do. Uh, you I, know, I, yeah. kind of pitch that he might be used to. You know, a dodgy surface or whatever, but. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think at this point, if the lad's fit and he's, he's you know, going to be one of our main strikers next season, based on the fact that we don't really have the funding to afford anyone else, I think it'd be stupid to not try and give him a little bit of game time. Yeah, I mean, um, the point's been made, hasn't it, recently that um, you don't want to throw a player in um, to like a losing, men- you know, a losing state and whatever. And, and I think you discussed that on, on the last podcast. But then we have absolutely nothing to lose. There's no expectations on it whatsoever. You may as well give him a chance, get him used to playing with some of the players who might be here next season and see what where he's at at this level. Because if he's going to play in at League Two level, it's going to be more grittier, it's going to be, you know, more physical. And so you may as well give him a chance, let him have a run of games and let the fans see what he's all about before the end of the season. Just have a bit of pace up front. That, that, that's something yeah. that's a bit different. You know, Daryl Murphy yeah. can nick you a goal. And I'm sure, you know, even though he's in the middle of a goal drought now, he will get us a couple more goals before the season's out. I just like to see something a bit different, give him something to worry about. You know, Farl, whether or not he's the most talented player in the world or suitable to the, uh, you know, suitable to this level, he's tall and he's quick and he's rangy and he looks like he's got reasonable feet. That's the kind of thing that could just come off, whether that be luck or uh, through tactics. Why not give it a go? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, so we'll get we'll get on to the last part of the the preview podcast. The get uh, this week's game. Um, it's called. Know your enemy. Oh Sam? dear God! 
I prefer, I preferred mine of Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Well, we'll, we'll maybe we'll, we'll change it in the weeks to come. So I'm going to ask you lads five questions. Um, you can shout in with your name to see who gets there first, and whoever gets the most questions right wins because that's how a, a game works. Um, <laughs> Be nice for Bolton to get a win at what for once. I mean. Point. What what are you two probably going to get more points than Bolton at the weekend? But we'll see. So question number one: How many goals have Bolton scored against AFC Wimbledon? What in general? Or... Yeah, we've played. We've only played them three times. How many goals have we scored? So, so I shout with my you... name, Tom. Yes. Yep. Tom. I'm gonna go with five. You're correct. <sighs> it there. is five. Get in there. Okay. Okay. Stop so that's Jane. one point. <laughs> So that's one point to Tom. Okay, question number two. Which former Wanderer was assistant manager of AFC Wimbledon from 2012 to 2018? Tom. Oh, oh. Go on. Tom, Dean yeah. Uh No, that's no, incorrect. No, no, I've got, I know this. I think it's Neil Cox. It is Neil Cox. Oh, shit. Chris, Manning's going to be. Chris Manning's favourite player, yeah. That's one point to Tom and one point to James. Okay, well, we're all level going into question number three. Which former Wanderer scored the winner against Wimbledon in August 2016 before joining them the season after? Uh, James. I got there first, right? I, okay, <laughs> Tom got there first. Go on, Tom. Liam Trotter. It is Liam Trotter. 2-1 to Tom. Okay. Okay, question number four. What year did AFC Wimbledon reach the Football League? James. Go on, James. Uh, twenty fourteen. Uh, no, that's incorrect. Bugger. Twenty fifteen. Gonna hazard a guess, Tom. No. Okay, you're both wrong. Damn it. Uh, it, it is twenty eleven. Oh, really? I, I didn't think it was that early. Yeah, no, they've been they've been uh, in the football league for nine years now, which is uh, crazy to think that, isn't it? That's they're also the first. They're the first team created in the twenty first century to reach the football league as well. The only team. Well. Gives Barry fans some hope, that doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, okay, we'll move on to the final question, and I think this is the easiest question uh, of uh, Know Your Enemy. Uh, AFC Wimbledon have been in League One since 2016, so they've been in League One for four years, which is mad. Which former player asked for clubs to hit him up on WhatsApp after helping the Don secure promotion to League One at Wembley? Uh, um, James. Uh, Tom got there first. That's uh, the B stack in Fenway, isn't it? It is indeed, yes. So. <laughs> The first ever round of Know Your Enemy, Tom takes that three points to one. Tom had, so Tom has definitely got more points than Wanderers will get at the weekend. Well, congratulations. <laughs> it's all right. I'll just, it's all right. I'll just edit this so I win. <laughs> See, that's the thing, James. You would have thought you might be able to like shut my uh, mic off or something to be able to just win that easy. <laughs> uh, no cheating man. here. Right. So, thank you for listening to this. Uh, first episode of the preview podcast um, I hope you've enjoyed it if you have uh, let us know and give us some feedback and we'll, and we'll do some more in the future um, so um, of course go to the line of the United Week com if you want to read the NIV articles you can check out our socials um, do you two want to plug your socials or are you not bothered people know where to find me and James I think at this point yeah at least I hope so <laughs> <laughs> our adoring right, fans okay. Yeah, so, okay, we'll leave it there then. Thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. So, say goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, James. Goodbye, James. And it's a goodbye from me. See you later.